Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Chris, here at Inside the Sequel. I'm so happy to be back. Um, After our one-week break, Um, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. This is Inside the Sequel, where we talk about sequel movies. And not just any, but ones that really kind of get forgotten about um, amongst better sequel, popular sequel movies. But it's also um, highlighting sequel movies that don't get enough love. And today, I can't think of a sequel movie that I personally love a lot that I feel like gets lost in the void of this franchise. And I feel like this uh, this podcast has almost become this franchise's um, like home because we talked about so many of them already. But that was kind of part of my thought process when I started a sequel podcast was like, oh, this franchise is going to be like one I'd love to keep talking about more and more and kind of give extra love to. And that is the Alien franchise. Um, if you uh, remember one of our some of our earliest episodes, we did – uh, uh, Prometheus and uh, Alien Covenant, which are prequel sequels um, to the original 1979 Ridley Scott masterpiece that is Alien. Um, and, you know, Aliens gets talked about as well. Love that movie. But let's be honest, that 1986 film is popular as fuck. So um, growing up watching this franchise, I always developed a little bit more of a love for um, Alien 3. In today's episode, Alien Resurrection. said there were no monsters no real ones but there are wish you could understand what we're trying to do here the potential for this species goes way beyond urban pacification and the animal itself wonders potential unbelievable Once we've tamed it. You can't teach it tricks. Why not? We're teaching you. Who are you? Ripley Ellen, Lieutenant First Class. Ellen Ripley died 200 years ago. You're not her. You can't stop it. It's inevitable. Today, as our guest, we have a fellow, not just Ridley Scott, but just a, just a Scott's family <laughs> lover with me, and that is returning guest Matt Bledsoe from The Film Feast. Matt, how are you? 
I'm good, Chris. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm excited to talk about Alien Resurrection and this whole franchise and and all this stuff. It's uh, it should be a good time. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, those of us who or who listen to Film Feast know that, you know, we did a collab recently where we talked about Godzilla vs. Kong. And I have to say, my bud, that was so fun. I hate, like, admitting that I jerk off to myself, but, like, I definitely, like, <laughs> listened to that episode more than once. And I was like, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I think me, you, and uh, Ken talked for, like, 30, 45 minutes after we even finished up the episode, too. We were having a good time like, talking to each other. Um, and I am calling Ken, Ken Walker, Texas Ranger now, since you started that. <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah, I, I didn't realize I, that was like something off the, off the dome that I was like, this feels like something of his speed. Let's try this one out. Cause I do listen. And, um, you know, Ken is there and he's like the guy of knowledge and, and fun. And then it's like, you know what? Let's throw a curveball at him today. <laughs> and I guess it's stuck. No, it's good. It's good. I think uh, I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before. It was so when you said it, I was like, oh man, why have we not been using that this whole time? But um, no, no. Ken Ken has a lot of knowledge, but Ken gets like way goofier um, when he's not on the podcast. I feel like like you get him off the podcast and he's like real ridiculous. So I'm just, just like <laughs> think yeah. you like loosened him up a little bit. I think it was good. <laughs> yeah, he he reminds me of someone that I'd have at my lunch table in high school. You know, and like we'd play like on our Game Boy Colors playing Pokemon or something. I feel like Ken is like up to that speed with me, and I love that. I, that does sound like something he'd be up to with you. I think he'd be good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, I'm so happy to have you, guy. I, I I love how we collabed. And then I'll be honest, like that RoboCop episode that we recorded um, is still one of my favorites because it was just, I, it didn't even feel like a recording. It felt like just us booling on the mics, just loving RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really proud of that. I felt like that was the most like relaxed and like awake I've been for an episode of a podcast. Cause I think we did, we did that like middle of the afternoon on a weekend. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so energized for this talk about RoboCop two. And plus I just love RoboCop two. And I like listen back to it. I'm like, yeah, this is just like a fun conversation. It barely feels like we're even like trying to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, like I said, yeah, it, it was just really fun. I didn't feel like we were really recording. Um, and it, I feel like the vibes already there again. It's another early afternoon recording only this time we're already drinking i believe you're already drunk aren't you oh i'm i'm hammered right now this is i don't know how i'm even keeping it together (laughs) (sighs) well matt you know you're back on um after a small absence but you've been kicking ass on the film feast so i'll excuse that uh but i am curious what have you been uh up to lately what have you been watching man man lots of stuff but i was just telling someone lots of stuff for podcast episodes which is like (laughs) makes it tough to talk about but it's I'm usually super random with what I watch. Like, it's just like, I can't plan. I can't even plan out like a day ahead. Like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to check out this movie. It's like in the moment I'm scrolling through like streaming or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch, you know, whatever this is. And um, <laughs> this is super. I think you might appreciate this. You, This may be. I feel like I'm going to show my age here a little bit. Some of these Disney Channel original movies on Disney Plus from like the late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know if you ever got into these when you were younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I grew up like watching a few of them. Um, and my buddy Seth, though, he 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 stands Disney original movies <laughs> like he stands them. I did. I do, too. I mean, there were so many good ones back in the day. Um, Like and I got into a thing like it was like a week or two ago. And um, it's like me and uh, a woman I just started dating. Like we just started, and we, I, somehow we both were on the same page on this. We were like, what do we want to watch? Some Disney Channel original movies and how we got to that point. And we were on Disney Plus and I watched Phantom of the Megaplex. Have you seen that one? Oh, uh, I watched that. I, I haven't watched it all the way, but I've watched parts of it with Seth. Because Seth, uh-huh. I think, was 
rewatching it for uh, an episode on Cobweebs with Daniel. And, you know, I was sitting and watching it with him a little bit. I kind of remembered that one as a kid. Okay. I also remember Luck of the Irish, too. Yes. I mean, yeah, I was going through the the movies. And I was like, I remember all of these. Like, I could tell you the plots. I could tell you, like, what happened. Um, rewatch that one. Didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it. <laughs> But like, I mean, it's still a fun movie. I like it's set in a movie theater. I'm already, I'm a sucker for that. Like, you know, it's like Phantom of the Opera Story, which I also like a fan of the Opera Story. Um, you got Mickey Rooney for some reason in this movie. <laughs> like, eighty year old Mickey Rooney. I don't think he knows what he's doing there. Uh, but he's still crazy. <laughs> like, it's a silly movie. Like, I mean, there's some wild stuff. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you remember this movie, but there's a it's like a part where for some reason. This kid really think. I mean, I probably the same thing. He thinks it's super cool to be the manager of a movie theater. That's what he wants to be, which I thought would have been cool when I was like 16, 17. But mm-hmm. uh, there's a part where like all these gumballs, the machine breaks, all these gumballs at the floor. And he grabs like a hockey stick and starts like hitting him into a trash can. And people are like cheering him on. Like it's like the coolest thing they've ever seen. <laughs> Classic. And I'm like, what is this movie? But I mean, yeah, it's they got a bunch of fake movies in there. It's not like the worst movies ever made. There's one like Farmer Brown goes to town. I'm like, that movie would bomb <laughs> like so bad. <laughs> like, this, like I mean, it's fun. Now I watched another one right after that. We watched another movie that I still really like. I think it holds up really well. Johnny Tsunami. Please tell yeah. me you've seen Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> I was about to say that's another one that I really like. <laughs> Hey, listen, after Phantom Megaplex, it, it was even better. I was like, I was like, oh, this movie's great. Like um, elevated cinema. I love it. it <laughs> it's like, also, weird, weird, weird choice of movies to make out to, Matt. I mean, I since you're, starting this girl, you're watching Disney Plus movies. That's weird. I mean, I guess he didn't want to get laid. Uh, <laughs> probably was like I much. said, I don't know how we got to that point where we ended up watching these movies, but I don't know. We had a good time, but it, it, I can't remember. No, we'd both seen Johnny Tsunami, but at, we were like, this is actually really good. <laughs> like, the stuff with uh, with his grandpa, who was Shang Tsung in uh, the Mortal Kombat movie back yeah. in the day. Oh, okay. I love his grandpa. Like, who's, he's walking around saying, as a kid, I thought he was saying, hey, porno. But he's saying, hey, pono. <laughs> and he's like, hey, porno. <laughs> like, he's got, he's, oh, my God. The dude is the best. Like, and I was a kid. I was scared of him as Shang Tsung. And then he's like this nice grandpa in Johnny Tsunami. And God damn it. He's the best. And I just, I was like, this movie is still great. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just nostalgia. But <laughs> like, I still love that movie so much. No, dude. Like, some of those early, like, late 90s, early 2000s, just Disney in general. It was like, kind of, kind of like a guilty pleasure. And I don't feel like it should be guilty. But um, they don't age super well. But they're kind of like your... Like your your comfort Blake is like when you were like a, you know, middle school kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they played them all the time on Disney Channel. So it was like you saw them many, many times. So you just kind of like end up liking them. And I'm looking for some sequels to talk about with you, too. But like <laughs> I've watched no the only sequels I've watched have been like the newer Godzilla Monsterverse stuff, which we talked about on my show for Godzilla yeah. versus Kong. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Really random stuff. Like I brought up two Disney original movies. Clearly, I've been watching very random things lately. <laughs> like I'm guessing, like you're watching uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier or uh, Falcon in the Winter Soldier, and you're probably like, "Oh, let's see what else is probably on the the Disney Plus." But I also heard that they raised the price on them. So um, thank God I'm mooching off Daniel. I'm for mooching that off one of my friends. Yeah, <laughs> I don't pay for it. I'm mooching off somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. It's like I, it's hard to talk about stuff because like most everything else is like was already talked about in a podcast or for another podcast. It's like, I kind of get what, um, like movie podcast people talk about, like they talk about like, 
you know, oh, all the stuff I watch lately is for kind of like research. <laughs> so um still trying to find time to get like stuff I just want to watch in there. But yeah, it's kind of tough lately. So Yeah, honestly, I had I I mean, after you watch King Kong versus Godzilla, I mean, what other movies can stand up to that? So like <laughs> the motivation to find something to watch is not there anymore. <laughs> uh but I am so excited for today's episode, Matt, because yeah, uh, I don't, you know what's funny because you started the that new podcast Unscottable, and it's about Tony Scott's filmography. And then I have you on for um, a franchise that really Scott kind of has steamrolled through, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting that you know I I remember at, for those wondering how I slide into guest DMs, I pitched the wrong Alien movie to Matt, <laughs> and oh, I was yeah. like, no, I like this one, and I'm like, oh well, either way, I want you for it. So we're talking <laughs> about Alien Resurrection, and honestly, dude, this is like. It's like popcorn for me, like this movie. It is just like for a decade, I'm not I've usually not been so crazy about. This is one of those movies from the, the 90s where I'm like, I can watch this whenever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I think it's just a fun movie like and I, it so I mean, yeah, we're going to start here, but like it's hard with the Alien franchise because it's kind of a weird franchise. Like it's after it's kind of like the Terminator franchise, like after part two, a lot of people don't care as much and have a lot of problems with like a lot of the sequels for different reasons. You know what I mean? It's like people mm -hmm. love the first two movies. And after that, they're like, eh, I'm kind of so, so like, and I hate to like bash another movie, but like, <laughs> but I think I like Alien resurrection so much because I really, really don't like alien three. Like <laughs> it really, it movie, the movie like just gets off on the wrong foot with me because of how it starts with like, because I love alien so much. Mm -hmm. Okay, like it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And then Alien 3 comes in and just like, I mean, I don't know how to say it, kind of like shits all over aliens <laughs> with where it begins. And I'm like, I hate that. It like brings characters back just to kill them. Um, or they just you killed off screen. I don't I don't want to spoil too much by people I know, but it's like, you know, they just kill these characters I love off with like you're just like, oh, they're dead. You know, it's like and then it's like, <laughs> oh and the movie Alien 3 is like so like bleak and depressing and um just like to me, it's just not a fun movie. Like I don't think it's a badly made movie, but like it is like a chore for me to get through. <laughs> and like I just so Alien Resurrection comes along, and I'm like, oh, thank God! Like I, I think I also am a, more of a fan of like when there's more than one alien. I mean, mm -hmm. I love the first Alien, but like Alien Three is back to like kind of basics of like there's one alien. These people don't have like weapons to fight the alien. Like give me like a crew. And a bunch of aliens and them fighting each other. <laughs> and I'm more on board. And Alien Resurrection, yeah, Alien Resurrection brings that back, which I think is one of the reasons I like it so much. No, that's good. I mean, you are right. Alien 3, I mean, the David Fincher film that one was rushed to hell. And, yeah. and Fincher's <laughs> just style in general kind of fits that. I mean, you go later on after that and it's it's pretty dark stuff and it's pretty apathetic uh but yeah you know alien 3 does suffer from what dan usually calls like the mean openings and <laughs> y y what he usually means by that is like people like in sequels you got to tread carefully because if you bring people from the previous movie that live and then kill them off it's like there's almost no point to it you know like it's such a like friday the 13th part 2 does that yeah. <laughs> um, and a, a bunch of other movies where you just want to see this person right off in the sunset after they survive this horror, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. you just don't get that with Alien 3. I totally get that. <laughs> but have you, were you when you were growing up, Matt, and watching movies, because I know you watch a lot of RoboCop as a kid <laughs> from what I've been <laughs> from what you've told me. Um, I'm going to guess like sci fi was like kind of went into your jams growing up. So I'm wondering, like, did Alien kind of coincide with that or did you get into the Alien movies like as you got older? Well, it was like 
it, I feel like sci-fi action was like really popular in the late eighties, early nineties, probably because of stuff like Terminator and aliens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so I remember, I always say <laughs> it's like when I was really little, like, five or six i was seeing like robocop and aliens and terminator 2 and Termin and like um th these things i should not have been seeing and so i loved aliens from like a really young age i didn't see alien till way later um and alien 3 actually <laughs> was literally told to me on a bus ride like a school bus like one day this kid was telling everyone about alien 3 because somehow he got to see it and even just hearing about my kid, I was like, this doesn't sound very good. Like, I was probably <laughs> like seven or eight or something. And like, everyone's like, oh, and we were like, I don't know if I can spoil Alien 3, but uh, it was like, <laughs> the, I mean, because they kill off uh, Ripley at the end of that too. And it's like, oh my, you know, I'm hearing that. I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, he's a main character. And then like, Alien Resurrection comes out in 97. So I'm like mm -hmm. 10. And I don't remember if I saw it in a theater or I rented it like a year after it came out. But I know I saw it like pretty close that time. So I was still pretty young. And I was like, oh, this is cool. OK, like <laughs> she's Sigourney Weaver's back, even though she's a clone, you know, and like the cast is good. Otherwise, we have a whole like a crew here of like mm -hmm. mercenaries. Um, there's multiple aliens again. There's weird, weird shit with like <laughs> a new alien creature. I'm sure we'll talk about that more. Um, I just had more fun with it than Alien 3. Like, Alien 3 is, like, to me, like, I just don't want to revisit it because it's, like, unpleasant. But, like, <laughs> Alien Resurrection, I'm like, it's so far removed, too. It's, like, 200 years yep. after 3. It's, like, it feels like it's, like, set apart from the whole franchise because it's so far in the future. So I'm like, I can just have fun with it easier. I don't know. Like, I liked it since I saw it, like, back when it first came out. So I've been a fan for a long time. And I didn't know till way later that I'm like, oh, people really think this one is stupid. Okay. <laughs> like, didn't know <laughs> that. Well, when you get to, like, the fourth installment of any franchise, you're going to start to, like, feel that wear and tear, you know? Um, <laughs> and, yeah, this movie kind of borrows some old things from, like, Aliens, but I feel like it kind of starts some new trends that didn't do super well, but I think pick up later on. Um, for those who haven't seen Alien Resurrection, um, Ripley comes back in the very beginning. She's cloned. It, it talks about that. Also, what's interesting about this movie, Matt, I don't know if you know, knew this, but I didn't notice until upon another rewatch that Joss Whedon did the script for this movie. This was written by him, um, but he didn't direct it. It was directed by uh, a French director named Jean-Pierre Genat. And what he did was make like that black comedy, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard nothing but great things about called Delica Delicacen. And it has like an image of a, of a pig. Mm -hmm. And he also directed Amelie. Um, the very, very, very successful 2001 movie, I believe. I he won two right, Oscars yeah. for it. Uh, but he directed it, and uh, Joss Wiens wrote it. And uh, I never noticed that until now. And it's interesting, like, everything that's gone on to come out because of Joss Wheaton and, you know, the, the Justice League stuff. Um, watching the movie, I started to notice a few things um, that I didn't like as much before, which we okay. can get to a little bit later because it's juicy. It is spicy. <laughs> um but uh, I also found it interesting um, that this the French um, director, Jean-Pierre Genat, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, got the, the green light to direct after it was offered to Danny Boyle and David Cronenberg, who <laughs> did, declined the, uh, the option to direct the movie. I feel like this movie would not be as fun if one of those two had directed it, though. I'll be honest. Yeah, I could see them both doing it. 
but I, but I don't know what that would look like. Like, yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be Cronenberg's would somehow be even grosser. I would imagine. <laughs> like, I don't even know how that would work, but, uh, I could see them both. I don't know what that would look like, but it'd be interesting. Honestly, I'm kind of interested in both those versions. Yeah. I think Danny Boyle's movie. Cause I mean, right after like this movie came out, you know, 28 days later it came out like what, four or five years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it would be a little bit more apathetic if anything, <laughs> um but who knows but when i'm watching this movie again matt i noticed like you know when you think like joss when you think about this time like firefly you think of like serenity and stuff like that right and this movie kind of has that feel like serenity like it's in a spaceship most of the movie um which is different from alien 3 and aliens it's kind of a callback to the first movie and it just feels like a band of misfits kind of like joking and being very (laughs) very verbally um insulting to each other <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like how are they all friends in this ship because like they all seem to hate each other so much based on their <laughs> language uh but it feels kind of like um it feels like a like a joss whedon tv show episode of firefly or or like i said serenity it just kind of feels like that and it's a very very dark palleted film it, it, there's hardly any color it's very black and orange which is, i think was kind of the trend of mm-hmm. sci-fi movies at this time. Cause it gave you that impression of like, you know, isolation in space, you know, with the dark corridors and, um, it, it, it was an interesting choice. Uh, and I think it kind of fit what this movie's theme was about, which is just about survival and being isolated again. Um, I don't know. What have you, did you watch like Firefly or Serenity, the movie, um, Matt? I did. And I, now I feel stupid that I didn't make that connection. Cause I knew Joss Whedon wrote it. And uh, I, I, it is kind of like a weird, like, uh, like before Serenity Firefly thing with that crew. Now that you mention it, like uh, that comes onto the ship. And yeah, I don't know why I didn't put that together, but that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I'm like that seems like a dry run for what he's going to do a couple years later, because in the he's like in the middle of Buffy, I think, when this is going on, like Buffy's he, like really popular. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really dark and blue show, you know, I don't mm. which I mean, that doesn't take place in space, obviously, but. <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting because like it it feels like rougher than most stuff i've seen joss whedon do like it doesn't seem as fun as like the stuff he usually writes like because mm-hmm. it's some really fucked up stuff in this movie like it's uh it's crazy like i wrote down like i cannot believe that <laughs> this major studio gave this like crazy frenchman 75 million dollars to make this movie uh and make it as gross and like uh like just just gooey and like it just like everything it it actually has like a weird i think yellow kind of greenish palette like it makes it it almost mm-hmm. kind of looks like vomit <laughs> like the whole movie has this like greenish uh yellow tint and it's just it's weirdly sexual like the whole thing is like so weird i was like jesus this is like the fourth entry in like this huge franchise and it costs so much money and like it's so weird like i cannot imagine that that fox was happy with this i didn't read anything but i just they must have been like what the fuck is what did we get here what is this (laughs) yeah but it it was like the second highest rated movie at the box office in release so it wasn't like a commercial failure you know it made a lot of money i think it was definitely like underwhelming though by this time i think people were thinking with alien movies it better be just as good as 79 um and 86 and it simply wasn't that um, but I think this movie got a kind of credit, like it kind of gave the rise to Joss Whedon in a way, you know, and John Pierre Jeannot kind of went on to do better things after this movie. 
Um, it just it just feels like kind of like a like a, a what's to come preview movie, you know, from like these younger filmmakers. Uh, I think also the, the the cinematographer for the movie did a really great job because this movie, there's lightning quick scenes. Um, there's really long trailing shots. And, you know, for 1997, the small parts of CGI, which I think in all these alien movies, including like the Prometheus, the the special effects teams have always been outstanding. You almost don't notice the CGI at all when there are in here. And this movie has a lot of practical effects. Yeah, I was I kind of forgot how much was practical. There is some CGI, but I was still happy to see that like so much of this was still doing practical, which is nice. Like I feel they did, you know, they try to do CGI for like everything now. Like I can't remember <laughs> in in Covenant um how much of that wasn't there a lot of CGI alien or did they go back to practical? I really can't remember. Uh they did a mix of both, but it was mostly all CGI, okay, which is yeah. insane to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like no, this one still looks really good. Like um was that crazy uh, kind of scene near the end when there's the queen alien and Sigourney Weaver's like in the middle of this like alien hive, you know, and like mm-hmm. I, that all looks to be practical. Like that's insane. They built that. Like uh, it's just like this crazy set design that I'm like, I'm so glad most of this was like done practically. Cause it also gives that weird, it gives that feeling of just texture. And like it, it, the grossness comes through and it's like <laughs> when they actually like, I think my, my roommate came in right when like the, the new alien hybrid creature like was born kind of. And he was like, Jesus, I forgot how like gooey that thing was. Yeah. (laughs) This movie is like, (laughs) it's so, it it gives really like uh, the, 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 like you, you notice how like the, the reproduction of these aliens are. Cause like in most of the movies it's set where the, the eggs are already there. You know, you see the eggs, you know, you, 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 all the aliens are already out. But in this movie you see a lot of like, saliva from the aliens and you see a lot of blood <laughs> up in close mm-hmm. it's really re- like i love it but i can totally get why people are like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah i'm all for it i just i just noted it because i hadn't seen it in a little while and i was like wow this is way gross than i remember and like i was watching this when i was like 10 or 11 i must have been really like dude same thing <laughs> same and it is extremely violent too there are scenes where guys's faces are half half ripped off oh my um, there's God, a scene yeah. where a guy gets hit with the with a carbon fr- fr- uh, freeze when uh, the aliens escape oh, and like yeah. he just breaks in half. I'm like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> like this is a head, violent like, movie. Smashed and like blood spurts out. Like I was like mm-hmm. blown away by like when the head gets like cr- it's crumpled up, like you'd crumple up like tinfoil or something. And like then blood just shoots out. Of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's crazy stuff. I was like pretty blown away by how violent it got too. I'd forgotten about that. Like, um, it's just, yeah, it's it's a wild movie. I think that's why I kind of like it too. It's like same. It's, yeah, it's just crazy. Like I don't. It's and then, um, yeah, they really haven't. This is like it's really on its own in the whole franchise. Like nothing else feels like this movie in the franchise. It's like it sits <laughs> by itself. Um, I will say one thing that I kind of didn't remember and I didn't really like was I feel like the first twenty twenty five minutes, like it is not great. I feel like it takes a long, like a, not a long time. It takes a while to get going. Mm-hmm. I feel like once that the whole that crew of like mercenaries with like Michael Wincott and Ron Perlman, those people get on the ship and have like a little kind of like gun, like a standoff. I feel like that's mm-hmm. when the movie kind of like kicks in and like to the gear. I remember, but like the first 20 minutes I was like, Oh, this is kind of clunky. Like it's like, get to the, you know, get to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, watching it now, I get it. But like, like, I mean, you have to think when this movie came out, people probably thought it wasn't going to be made because after how the way alien three ended, but I feel like yeah. the, 
feel like they they were like, okay, we have to write into existence why uh, Ripley is here and why you know what the time is now. Um, and yeah, you're right. It does kind of drag, but I feel like they had to write stuff to existence in this movie. And I think that's also where you kind of see a lot of Joss Whedon script of like, I mean, you know, when Ripley comes back alive, which I, I, I have mixed feelings about bringing her back, but I'm still always happy to see Sigourney in an alien movie. But uh, yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> you like the part where they're like, you know, she's like the Wayland yutani company and the scientist's like, oh, well, they were bought out by Walmart. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> And I was just like, oh, man, Ridley Scott somewhere is just shaking his head. <laughs> but, but like, I mean, that's that's the that's the Wheaton comedy, right? You know, the very apathetic, um, kind of qu- quick and witty and timely. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it feels like you said it a little bit separated from all the other movies. Um, and then, like, you know, they really <laughs> I was surprised watching again, like, you know, Joss really like. I feel like he there's even parts in the movie where the characters kind of shrugging like I don't know this is how it is now and I feel like that's Josh really going like I don't know what to really do and you don't really know what to do as an audience so like here you go <laughs> you know I feel like that those moments in this movie uh and I still like it don't get me wrong but I feel like there this was a tall task in writing this movie to existence you know that's true they had to like they had to go back and kind of not fix a lot of things but like up it's like how do we get this franchise going again? We kill the main character. Well, shit. Okay, what do we yeah. do? It's like, we got to explain all this stuff that it's in the future. We're cloning her. Like, uh, pretty far-fetched, but, you know, it's the future. Whatever, it's possible. <laughs> like, and I'd rather have her, yeah, I'd rather have her back in the movie than do the movie without her, honestly, because I love mm. Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. So, and I feel like she's really good in this. I like she kind of is almost like a, superhuman basically you know it's like she's uh she has that alien connection now too like um she yeah. feels like she feels like mila jo and people are gonna be like oh god here he goes but it feels like a mila jogovich in the resident evil franchise that's with paul w sanderson really, yes that's actually a really good comparison because yeah. Yeah, it's like which i still like... love both of those movies don't get me wrong um <laughs> but it feels like that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it, it you know that's another thing we're talking about resident evil I feel like this movie, because it has like the band of like mercenaries, you know, and they're like all struggling to survive and get like to their escape pod. I feel like this movie sets the trend for like, and maybe it didn't, and I just noticed it till now, but it feels like the whole like idea of like band of misfits and like surviving in like sci fi or horror movies. Cause like, you think movies that come out like Doom, you know, the Resident Evil movies again, Alien versus Predator, you know, these sci fi properties where like a band of misfits have to survive and escape from a bunch of enemies. I feel like this movie kind of sets the tone on how to do them later on, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's a good point too. Um, I mean, there's like that, that stuff's really good. I, I like a, I got like a good like Motley crew of like, tough mercenaries like i'm always a sucker for those kind of stories anyway um and uh what was i gonna say about um kind of just the aliens in general oh, you were um, gonna you were gonna say you're a huge fan of resident evil as a franchise thanks chris <laughs> for mentioning it paul w anderson's a god because we were all thinking it too thanks matt for saying i didn't want to go i didn't want to go off on a tangent because i, I like those movies too <laughs> That's i was like chris don't send me down a resident evil path because i could talk about like most of those sequels i like it's funny with it was now i'm going to talk about resident evil so i like i don't like to i don't like the first one that much but i like okay (laughs) sorry i don't like it that much because i feel like they get better i honestly feel like that from like two until was final chapter the sixth or seventh one it was six seven oh my god 
Oh my god, I think you're right. So basically, from like two up until the final chapter, I like all those sequels. I don't really. The final chapter was like too much for me. That movie is like, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's edited like 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 a, they gave like a squirrel cocaine and let him in the editing room. It's like <laughs> it's like I was in a theater watching that and was like blown away at like how quick that they're cut. It's like you get a shot for like a second and it's gone and it's like everything's like. He's shaking the camera, the editing's so quick. I'm like, this movie's a mess. But um, like I'm the rest of them I'm, the, I'm on board for. I'm on if you want to my Resident Evil sequels, give me back for some of those in the middle. I'm good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you'll be back on for you just purchased your next ticket to be on this show Perfect. where we'll talk about good. Resident Evil movies. Uh but yeah, I'm oh, well, we just got on a tangent, which isn't bad. <laughs> but about the aliens, let's talk about the the xenomorphs for a second. Um yes. I think they're just, I mean, they, if you're someone who's not like a huge alien fan, you'll say, oh, these monsters all look the same. But in this movie, I feel like three got it kind of wrong in a way of like redesigning it to make it look more like a hunter dog. This mm-hmm. movie kind of goes back to like aliens um, where like you can actually see the, the, the xenomorphs, you know, I feel like one of the struggles like, you know, later on, like Prometheus and like uh, Alien Covenant kind of got and then Alien 3 got flack for which this movie does well is you get to see the damn things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm all about that. Cause I for, kind of forgot about, yeah. in alien three, it's kind of like a weird dog, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah and then chasing like chasing them through tunnels and stuff, which is an interesting idea. Um, man, I'll just have to do an alien three episode just to get my, my <laughs> mind off of, we'll get my mind thought and thoughts all out there on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, and then this one, I, I do like that they are more like the typical xenomorph. And for my money, I feel like xenomorphs are like the scariest, movie monster ever because they are so far removed from like anything human like mm-hmm. they, they're so and like like they're they have no eyes that so you can really you can't you i think you can like see them under the the, the skeletons kind of like see through a little bit but like you mm-hmm. don't they're so blank and like they just it, they're so fucking scary like i don't know if you ever played this game called alien isolation yes of course i did and shout out amanda ripley in that game there you go yeah one of the scariest games ever played because you're getting stalked by a xenomorph the whole time and mm-hmm. it's up it's just god it's like the scariest thing to me and like when you have more of them they say less is more sometimes i don't think that's with aliens i think it, it only gets scarier when you've got like 30 50 xenomorphs versus one because like with one it's like we can deal with that probably but when you got like dozens and dozens it's like shit we're in trouble <laughs> like they're just so damn scary like so i'm happy there's more of them and they do look really good in this and also now i'm more scared of aliens or xenomorphs chasing me through fucking water they can swim like that (laughs) okay as a kid you know that was like one of the parts of this movie that got so much flack people like aliens in the water are so dumb but i'm like (laughs) as a kid i thought that was really cool yeah i think it's a really cool sequence um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I always thought, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think about them swimming. Like, that's even scarier because, like, they're so fast. It's yeah. like, and then oh. they swim to the surface and it's a trap because there's where the nest is to get them. And I'm like, mm. these, like, <laughs> these bastards. Crafty. Yeah, <laughs> so crafty. And they're smart. Um, oh, did you read, I have to mention this, uh, the, did you read that Ron, Ron Perlman almost drowned doing this because he knocked yeah. his head on, like, a yeah. sprinkler or yeah. something in the underwater and they had to pull him out? It was like, oh my God, we almost lost Hellboy. Yeah. And then, yeah, seriously. And then also, Wyona Ryder looks miserable in this scene because apparently she like has a fear of swimming. Oh my um, god! <laughs> you know they had to swim for this scene, so that's why she, you see her. She's looking very uncomfortable, and you don't see her in a lot of scenes because they didn't want her. She didn't want to be in the water as much. So you see a lot of Ripley, and you see a lot of the other characters. <laughs> Man, so yeah, that that stuff's terrifying. Like 
just I, yeah, I'm on board for like, give me more aliens because it's it's only scary. There's a part in alien isolation where you're fighting one alien and then suddenly you're gonna have a bunch of aliens pop up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Now it's like <laughs> now it's real. Like, you know, oh, my God. So, yes, I'm all about that. And uh, and they're smart. I feel like every movie they get smarter, I think. <laughs> and like this one, like yeah, they're setting traps, which is even scarier. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Now they're smart. It's like, oh, my God. Like, you just keep adding stuff to these. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, and I think. You know, when you have like movies like this where it's a it's a bunch of like, you know, unreasonable like enemies that are, you know, attacking a crew or survivors makes it scary because they can't, you know, they basically have to survive and they're kind of anticipating when aliens are going to strike with movies like this. You better hope you have like good characters to like get involved with. And I feel like this movie has like really good chemistry, like Sigourney Weaver and Wyona Ryder and Ron Perlman and Brad Dorf in the same sci-fi movie. Like in 1997, which is like peak Brad Dorf and Sigourney, uh, Wyatt Ryder. I mean, her plot twist in this movie is, I think it was a little like, oh boy, but like, it, it's kind of surprising. You know, when you think about surprises in movies, you kind of didn't see, see it coming. And, uh, man, I think Ron Perlman kind of steals the show. I was a little hesitant with him, um, at the very beginning because, and I, I don't fault him. I fault mostly Joss. Um, he comes across as like a really, really big dick. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like he has like, he, I mean, uh, this movie is like, and the, you know, we're, we're, all right, we're going to talk about the Joss thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like it's written kind of like angrily towards women in a way. Um, mm-hmm. which is weird because the movie's two main leads are females and maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but it feels like a lot of times throughout this whole movie, the men are so overtly horny and like, cursing at the girls the entire movie and then once one of the secrets is um revealed about them like they kind of use like you know some some terms towards them that's like derogative i guess to their species you know and i can't help but feel that's a little bit from joss but like i don't know maybe i'm just overlooking it maybe i'm looking too into it maybe i don't know no that's a good point and it's weird well first of all that twist got me too the first time i saw mm-hmm. it i was like really like what the fuck you know it's like yeah. i couldn't <laughs> believe it uh and uh I, I i'm fine with that twist but yeah and it's weird because joss whedon he's so uh yeah it's like hard to talk about him now because he sounds so terrible um mm-hmm. from everything i've heard recently and but the weird thing is he's always written these like like strong central female characters so mm-hmm. they you know with buffy he did it in this uh I know I'm forgetting some. He had good characters in um, in Firefly, good female characters. So like he's done it before, and like I I just took that as like because yeah, the two main characters are Sigourney Weaver and uh, Renata Ryder, and I just took it as like he's showing that the other these guys are awful and <laughs> like they're maybe they're scared of like powerful women. I don't know. I think Ron Perlman like has a thing for Sigourney Weaver in this movie, but <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I think his character likes her, but because she's like a strong uh, woman, but. I don't know. It's tough because now knowing what I know about Joss Whedon, I don't know what to make of it. Like you may be right, but I always took it as he was showing the men as kind of like shitty. Uh, you know, they were just horny yeah. guys, and like the women were the ones who like had their heads on straight and got shit done. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a good point because that's what I've always thought too. It's like you know, both of them two together kicking ass because they mostly are the only ones who kick ass throughout this movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> even though the guys all have guns, you know, and their mouths talking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But man, this is a horny movie though. <laughs> like Ron Perlman is constantly suggesting how he wants to have sex with one of the girls, and so does um the guy in the wheelchair. I forget his name. Um, and then <laughs> you get Brad Dorf, who you'd think he'd want to have sex with one of the aliens, the way he's like making out with it and so obsessed oh, God, with yeah. it. 
Yeah, and then Michael Wincott from The Crow, who I oh yeah, and he's like with the like he had a weird obsession with feet, which yes, I, even as a yeah. kid I was like, why the feet? <laughs> and it's a really quick scene, so you're like, huh? Like it's like I think like, you think it's gonna be a sex scene, and then it's like just him rubbing her feet, and you're like, what was that? And then especially the kid, you're like, huh? And then it's over. <laughs> and like I, I wish they didn't kill him off so early in this movie because I I like him as an actor. Um, usually he's a bad guy. I, you seen? Have you wait, Chris? Have you seen The Crow? No, I haven't. Oh, but I've seen God. him in other things no. before. <laughs> he's so good in The Crow. He's the main main bad guy. He's so good. Oh. Um, you got to watch the Brandon Crow. Lee movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we've got to get you to watch The Crow. <laughs> no, I don't think I've actually seen The Crow. I've seen like you know scenes of The Crow, but I haven't seen The Crow. I think you would like it. I really do. It's and he's really good as a bad guy, and that's what I always knew him as. Um, and like yeah, he's like the leader in this, but then he gets killed off like earlier than almost anybody else <laughs> so seriously yeah that kind of that kind of was a bummer but uh but yeah i uh i caught laughter i thought what were we talking about? <laughs> uh I, we were just talking about like just the, the 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 guys in this movie there's so many different ones and I, I love how ren the scientist is like of course he's like so bad you know like he's an evil guy oh yeah <laughs> and he pulls out a scene straight from star wars where he tells wyona Ryder, he's like you're far too trusty and then takes her gun and shoots her and runs off <laughs> Oh, I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's what exactly what Peter Cushing said in Star Wars. <laughs> or oh, maybe yeah. that was me thinking, I don't know. No, no, I, I think you're onto something. But uh, and it's so there's like a weird I was feeling like weird Jurassic Park vibes because it's like, yeah, again, <laughs> this company wants to like mess with something that they really shouldn't mess with, but they can't help themselves. And it's like, <laughs> man, you guys are stupid. Like, stop messing with these aliens. Like, no, what do you? I, I can't remember what they're what they want to do with them, but they're like they want to domesticate them and make them like dogs and make them pets. <laughs> Such a horrible idea! Like, why would you do that? And it's they're like, just so cute. They, <laughs> I love how at one point, yeah, they show like how smart the aliens are when they they basically kill one of their own so they can use the acid blood to get yes. to the floor, and then they literally one of them turns a button on with I, with I believe its <laughs> mm-hmm. little mouth. If it comes, like, yeah. It's like, holy shit, these things have really um, uh, turned it around. So, yeah, I'm just like, why do these companies keep messing with this stuff? Like, <laughs> oh, but I mean, the sad thing is I feel like it could actually really happen. Like a military or private company would like mess something really, really dangerous, even though it's a horrible idea. <laughs> like, Yeah, seriously. Uh, but like as a kid, I kind of always associated alien, like even as early age, I associated like the xenomorphs with like a corporation, you know? Mm-hmm. And like domesticating them, and then like this is why you shouldn't do that. Which <laughs> I don't want to say like this is the movie that kind of clicked it for me, but like it kind of also did in a way because it was so overtly, you know, like in all the other alien movies, uh, the Wayland Yutani um, Corporation, that's always been like kind of like behind the shadows, you know. Mm-hmm. But like in this one, it's all up in the forefront. And I love how quickly this movie turns south with the aliens. Like like you said, when it starts, they start killing each other. And like these these bastards, like they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I I like that though. It, it's it's not. I don't want to say like it's cheesy, but it, it it's very aware. You know. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is. It really is. So. It's also very apathetic. You know, when they talk about like Walmart. You know, being the things that bought it, and then this is the first movie um, where they go to Earth. You know, and all the other movies mm-hmm. is in space or a different planet, but in this movie, you know, the ship is headed towards Earth, and everyone is like, "What a what a shit shithole that is!" Or like, <laughs> "It's such a horrible place to be in right now." And I'm like, "Man, like maybe it's the Frenchman that just thinks you know <laughs> the Americans are horrible or something." But I don't blame them. Uh, but yeah. they just do not want to go to Earth, <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of like a missed opportunity with. Most of the series is like 
that I would have liked to see aliens kind of just on Earth, not even like a post-apocalyptic Earth, just Earth in general. Like, And they tease it in three. I don't know if you knew mm-hmm. about this, that they literally had the marketing out. Like the teaser trailer was like oh. in space, no one can hear you scream. And it's like in 1992 on Earth, like they will be able to hear something. Like that. It's like something where they tease, oh. like they'll be on Earth and they didn't follow through with it in three. And like they barely follow through with it on this one. <laughs> like <laughs> they're going to Earth, but they're not really on Earth. And I'm like, I don't know why that idea didn't happen because I feel like it'd been interesting. Like, oh god, you got that! I you got that. Alien versus Predator one and two. I try to forget about. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then even in Alien versus Predator one, it's like they're so isolated. They're in like Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> it's like they're so isolated. It's like, I, okay, I don't like Aliens Predator Rec, uh, Requiem, but at least nope, they finally kind of give me the idea of like aliens like in a normal town you know what i mean which is it's definitely just aliens in the suburbs i love right it. <laughs> it's terrifying like um i wish also, that movie was lit you, you can't see anything in that movie right <laughs> is that what you always say <laughs> that's what i always say <laughs> did this just come up recently i feel like i was talking to someone about how that movie is lit by like a candle and a flashlight but it's like it's the darkest movie i've ever seen in my life um can't see anything that's happening and During that contrast yeah. that would you buy it <laughs> That, oh, I mean, even that, I remember trying to crank the brightness up, and I'm like, I still can't hardly see anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, just a missed opportunity. But at least they kind of did the idea finally one them to But I just don't know why it took them so long to get to that point. But, yeah, I think it is funny how in this one they're like, nobody wants to go to Earth. Like, oh, shit, we're going to Earth? What a hell. <laughs> Fuck that place. Yeah. And they get there. I can't remember, because I watched on the Blu-ray, there was a, the theatrical version, and there was like a... 2003 special edition it's only like six minutes longer or something okay um i don't yeah, know if I, when you watched i don't i don't remember this being in there at the end it's sigourney weaver and winona Ryder, and i think i can't remember who else, i thought a couple guys survived maybe just them and they're staring at earth and it's like they're in paris eiffel towers mm-hmm. like broken mm-hmm. and crooked and like they're just like it looks like really bad so yes this that's okay. i'm glad you brought that up because that is from the alternate cut and it oh, okay. and that is the definitive cut um to watch joss was really upset with the theatrical release because it cut out a lot of stuff he had originally in there the alternate alternate cut adds a more of those scenes and that ending which i think is way better yeah i remember i was like oh i like it's ending I, I couldn't remember if that was actually in the uh the original or not but i the one i watched like oh i like this and uh i don't know how they ended in the theatrical honestly i can't remember where they cut it off but I don't um, either because I, I I've only watched the movie when it had like the DVD releases and the, oh, okay. uh, you know I in the special edition I don't know as a kid growing up and then most of like you know like as a teenager I didn't I always watched if there was an extended cut or alternate cut to the movie when before you started I've always watched those versions instead of the oh, yeah. theatricals because yeah. I always assume if it's a different cut it's better now again that's not always the case like I'm looking at Alexander for example <laughs> um in like other movies where like the alternate cut isn't better but um yeah, yeah so I actually have I don't think I've actually seen the original theatrical cut I think it actually okay now that I think about it, I think Alien Resurrection ends in the theatrical with like they're still on, on the ship and they've killed the alien. And I think they're looking at like earth and like the sun's kind of rising in the, like behind it in the horizon. It's like this nice shot of earth, but they haven't landed yet. So I think they actually like land there in the, uh, the <laughs> ultimate cut. So that's like the difference. I think it's not, there's not much of a difference, but I think they just show earth and they don't show them on earth. So yeah, I don't know. I think they were kind of like the, 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 uh, alternate cut kind of sets up more of a sequel. I feel like where it's like, Oh, like we're here on Earth. What do we do? Like, because it's 
really, really ruined. Like it's really, it is really bad. I'm well, like, oh, they were well, right. Isn't oh, it Nathan I, Fillion that like shows up and like invites him to get on the Serenity ship, and then they kind of starts <laughs> off his new Firefly show? Isn't that how it ends? <laughs> I think I would have liked that better, actually. <laughs> Nathan Fillion should have been in an Alien movie, though. I, I, I think he would have fit that really well. <laughs> I could see yes. a lot of like '90s actors like could be in like an Alien Resurrection type, you know? Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> Like, I mean, you get Ron Perlman in this, and I got to admit, Ron Perlman was a busy guy in the late 90s, I feel like, and I like that, because he did this, and he did, like, Kronos from Del Toro, then he starts doing the Hellboy movies, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, like, early 2000s, so yeah. And then Brett Dorf, like I said, Brett Dorf, if he's in a movie in the 90s, you know it's going to be an at least an entertaining one, because he just... I, I mean, he has such a small role in this movie, but as even like rewatching it, I remember the scenes he was in, like when he's in, when he's in the cocoon talking to Sigourney and stuff. I remember him saying like a beautiful butterfly and thinking like <laughs> as a kid, that is weird, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, man, it's it's a good cast. I was thinking like I'm really glad they assembled this uh, this cast that they got. Like I it's feel a like... better cast than uh, Avengers um, assemble, right? <laughs> <laughs> the other Joss Whedon movie he writes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I man, now I, I don't want to watch it. it. It's I love Avengers, but now it's like, damn it, like Joss Whedon's like, it, it, oh, he just tainted it. You know, it's like, oh man. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I gotta bring up one thing because it's like my favorite thing in the whole movie, and it's such a small thing. But Sigourney Weaver doing that behind the back basketball shot. Did you read about this whole thing? Oh yeah, she <laughs> like she they had to take constant takes and she finally does make it like on one of the takes and ron perlman is like freaking out like (laughs) it's like it's so funny because it's such a quick moment but like and it's so funny because i think the ball like leaves the frame so you could think that they just dropped another ball in into the 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 net which kind of sucks because she actually did it that's the funny thing there's this whole Mm -hmm. it's such a long piece of trivia where it's like she did uh, basketball lessons practice for like six or like three weeks by a basketball coach, <laughs> like for this one shot. And, um, and her, apparently her, I, this, I wrote this whole thing out. Her conversion rate was one of six shots, which is, inc- I mean, that's Jeez. decent. Um, and then they got there and I guess there was a rumor that she nailed the first take, which is not true. Um, they did, <laughs> like you said, they did a bunch of times and the director like didn't want to wait for her to get it. He's like, we can just drop it in from the top, like, you know, trick it. And she's like, no, I really want to do it. I practice for this. So apparently <laughs> she tried, I don't know, they didn't have a number, but like lots and lots of takes. And like, he was like, okay, I'm going to give you one last shot. And the other, we're going to, we're going to use CGI or something if you can't get it. And then she nailed it apparently. And that's what you're saying. Like Ron Perlman broke character and like began <laughs> smiling and the crew started cheering apparently. <laughs> and um, luckily though, they decided there was enough room like between like him the crew cheering and him like smiling that they had room to like cut it. But, uh, but yeah, it just sounds like this. It was a huge, like weeks of practice, like all this stuff for this quick moment, which is a pretty cool moment. I'm pretty sure it was like one of like the stinger moments of like the trailer, I think is her hitting that shot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also like influences, I think David in the Prometheus movies, cause he's playing basketball and he does like, uh, like a hook shot on a bicycle, you know, like basketball oh. and like, you know, the alien, uh, maybe, maybe the guy, everyone who does alien movies are just basketball fiends too. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Oh, and I have to mention that Sigourney Weaver said that the making that shot was one of the best moments of her life only after her wedding and the birth of her daughter. Which I think <laughs> is- <laughs> oh, right. She does give birth to her daughter in this movie. It's that really like hybrid alien oh. thing. Right? Oh man. You want to talk about this? <laughs> Yes, we got to get into this thing, the the man child. Well, I, well, it's technically, 
two it's both genders i believe if i remember yeah. like the explanation of it because it's i mean okay matt i maybe you are smarter than me but even now <laughs> watch this movie like four times in my life i'm still always somewhat confused on how the alien hybrid with Ripley works. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those movement moments in the movie where Josh goes, I don't know. It makes sense, but does it make sense? Here you go. Um, Cause like in the beginning she has the alien, they, they clone her and she still has the alien from alien three and they extract it. They show that. Right. But they don't show like, so does that thing become like the queen alien or like, how does a queen alien I, show up in this movie? Yeah. I had to read this because I'm, I was confused too. That, that the queen alien they have is from her. Okay. So you're right. So that is from her. And then <laughs> because it's got human and xenomorph DNA, that's how you get that monster thing that immediately kills like the queen that rips its jaw <laughs> off, which is like an insane moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that thing is, and like, I think people don't like that creature. I think I read like, I can't remember, like they thought it was stupid or whatever. I think thing is like really it's weird, creepy. disturbing. Yeah, it's like, it's creepy. It's like, <laughs> I don't like this at all. Like, I, I think the xenomorphs are scary because they don't have eyes. But I'm like, wait, this thing has creepy human, human eyes. eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe this is scarier. I don't know. Like the scariest um, thing is it's pointed nose and human teeth. That's the ooh. thing that's scary to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. It's it's yeah, I find it, I've always found it like creepy and weird and like um, and it it really like it like brutally murders me. It's the thing that crushes a guy's head. Yep. I think it bites on Brad Dorf's head or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, it <laughs> like, bites in half. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, yeah, that's when the violence like really goes through the roof. I feel mm -hmm. like. Um, yeah, because it's all like this cocoon that's like like, oh, it's just like it looks different than most of the hives like you've seen aliens, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I was. I'm still always confused on like how that thing came to existence. But I guess Brad Dorf is like in the movie. He says like, you know, it does. It it doesn't. It doesn't lay eggs, but instead has a womb that will <laughs> give birth to it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and, and like, it's like this pregnant queen alien thing. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, like this is like, as a kid watching. I'm like, this is weird. Like, I don't know how like reproduction <laughs> yeah. works. You know. <laughs> I haven't even taken sex ed yet. What's going on? <laughs> right? Like, is this how it works? Uh, I like how Brad Dorf also was like completely cocooned, but he's still like talking through the whole thing. Like through that whole, like the things he's like, it's beautiful. I think or something like that where he's just like super into it still. I'm like, it's like, you're in a bad spot right now, buddy. Yeah. I think I would just like <laughs> shut up. And then um, there's a weird moment of like sexual kind of tension almost with like Sigourney Weaver and, the queen, right? Not the not the hybrid monster yeah. where they're kind of like rubbing face. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I heard the studio really wanted to cut that because they thought it was too weird. And Sigourney Weaver was like, you've got to leave that in or I won't do press for the movie. <laughs> Apparently she really stood by it. So um, <laughs> it's really it's and like another scene, like maybe the most disturbing part of the whole movie for me. And a surprise. I'm so shocked. This is in like a major like blockbuster that was in theaters and like i may have seen it when i, I can't remember it's all in theaters but like the part where ripley finds all her clones and oh finds my gosh yeah one in the back that is like more like her <laughs> than the other ones but it's like not it's oh my god it's so disturbing how it's like it's not right it's like, different parts it's and she's like kill me mm -hmm. and then and then uh i think when we went on a rider hands flamethrower and i thought well that's kind of a messed up way to kill something though a flamethrower because like once you just like shoot it you know what i mean it's yeah, like no, i was thinking the same thing i'm like <laughs> oh, yeah let me kill you and make me suffer <laughs> yeah 
Thanks for picking the most painful way to kill me. Nice. God, um, I that's a scene in the movie on rewatch again that I kind of forgot about. And it's such a it's, it's in a weird place in the movie too. It's mm-hmm. like at the halfway point. It's not even near the end, which I feel like at near the end of this movie, it's just like a clusterfuck like to the finish line of things <laughs> going on. But yeah, it's like a subtle moment and I'm like yeah, it, I don't know. It's just like the embryos and the genetics mm. is just really weird. But also, like I said, this movie is really sci-fi and it's kind of cool in a way, but it's also very gross. <laughs> it's yeah. And that's one of the grossest part that whole. And they build that really well, though, because it's like you see all the stuff. It's like they've been trying to clone her and it hasn't been working and like all the failures. And like the worst one is like you work your way to the back and it's like, oh, what am I going to find this back room? And I think Sigourney Weaver actually sells that scene pretty well because mm-hmm. like I think Sigourney will find it maybe funny because I mean, they're uncomfortable or it's so over the top. I don't know what they think, but like, um, I know it's been parody, but like South Park and stuff like that. But like, <laughs> um, but like, Sigourney Weaver really sells it. Like the pain of like, I think she's horrified and she feels really bad for all these failed clones. And then she's like burning them all up and she's like clearly really upset. So, uh, more props to, uh, Sigourney Weaver cause she's the best. So <laughs> she's really, yeah, selling it. as a kid, I always knew. Cause like I, 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 I watched like the DVD, and I think I also like what like when I'd watch the bonus features, you know, this was I always knew like in the interviews and stuff that she was like really passionate about this movie. And I think it's because it was the last in the franchise, at least for a long time. And she probably was like, this is a part of my life that I'll never forget. Might as well enjoy everything about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, she brings it. I also I thought it was a funny story about how they got her back for this one, where she said they just drove. I mean, she said they they were like, "How'd you come? Why'd you come back? You didn't want to do another one." She's like, "They basically drove a dump truck full of money to my house, and I couldn't say no." <laughs> her paycheck was like the whole budget of the first Alien movie. <laughs> I'm not that. even that's, kidding. I think that was insane. like part of the fun facts. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was like 11 million dollars, which is as much as the first one cost. It was like some, which is a lot. I mean, that's yeah. Um, so I can't blame her. I mean, it's like, and she brings it. She's not like, I don't think she's like just phoning it in. Like clearly she did basketball practice for three weeks to make, to make one shot. So like, yeah. And it, and it belongs in that category of like movies that are two hours, but feel like a lot shorter than two hours. Yeah. I was surprised when I looked at the Blu-ray and I thought it was like closer to an hour and a half, but I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh no, it is almost two hours. But it, I mean, I've seen a lot of times too. So it kind of flies by, but um, yeah. Once you get past that first, like, 20 25 minutes i feel like it just really really rolls like i don't think it slows down at all and they're throwing a lot of stuff at you too so yeah like, this, like i said yeah this movie it, yeah it just it's a race to the finish line <laughs> and then you introduce like, characters like more than halfway through the movie which is like almost yeah. unheard of a lot of times <laughs> yeah i mean kind of strangely paced but i like it um and i feel like i hate to knock on alien 3 again but it's like i feel like alien 3 is like such a slog for me and it's like <laughs> this one is like like once it gets going, it is like it's going for it. Like there's no slowing down. And uh, it's just there's just they may be throwing too much at you. I was thinking like the first the beginning kind of sets up a lot of stuff. There's lots going on, like the scientists working on the aliens, mm-hmm. the mercenary <laughs> crew, what the military is doing. So going to Weaver being a clone. It's like, Jesus, like there's a lot going on. But um, but uh, I feel like a lot of the video games kind of like ride off the coattails of Alien Resurrection. I feel like Aliens is like where everyone thinks like colonial you know, colonial Marines and stuff, which I get, but like, I feel like a lot of the other games, like there was like a couple like alien versus predator, like, you know, bird's eye view kind of RP, like a uh, MMO RPG type games oh, kind yeah. of copy the whole scientist wanting to clone aliens and, and, and use them. I feel like a- they borrow a lot of that from alien resurrection because the aliens, part, yeah. 
the the best like a lot of people think of like the alien movies as like the military operations wanting to like kill these things but in my eyes and at least growing up with these movies and watching them constantly i've always associated it with like the vain scientists you know wanting to like harness like the species to make them their own and it like their vanity gets the best of them with the aliens you know like yeah they're always like they're like judge and jury like they they can't be contained that they're they're always gonna they're like you know they're going to be the ones that are going to cause the most damage you just kind of like ripley says like you got to just kill them you can't like control them yeah and it's it's weird i feel like it's both it's like scientists trying to play God. And then it's like military trying to weaponize the things mm-hmm. and both are bad ideas. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. um, and it's funny. Cause like, yeah, this one, I feel like this kind of sets up that whole idea. There's always like space pirates or space mercenaries, like mm-hmm. crews, like, but then I think, yeah, aliens is like, really, I feel like people really stole from that, especially like the halo games. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the designs like look the same. I feel like Sconia Marines, like all the guys, like the normal space Marines, it's like, that's straight from aliens. But, um, yeah, I think this one's like more sneaky. I feel like people kind of like uh, take it for granted of like how it influenced stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. I I I want to know. I'm curious, like which one is more like like Alien Three or this one? Because I feel like it's w- weirdly split. And I feel like it's people like Three, they don't like Resurrection, or they like Resurrection, but they don't like Three. You know what I mean? It's like they yeah. have one or the other. <laughs> I feel like it also is the same. Like, do you like Alien more? Do you like Aliens that's more? True. And they're these are yeah. sequels to those. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's true. And it's funny because like Alien and Alien 3 are much more similar and Aliens and Resurrection are much more similar. So I feel like there's like a weird like, you know, overlap there. But um, yeah, and now you have the Prometheus <laughs> movies now, too. Are you more Prometheus or are you Alien Covenant? You know, <laughs> yeah, I know it's more Alien Covenant because it kind of gave me more of what I wanted from an alien movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, I, I got to watch Prometheus again because like I don't think I think I went into it thinking it was going to be one thing and it wasn't what I wanted. So it like kind of disappointed me. But um it's oh, interesting. Shorty, don't break my. I know, mind. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll give it another chance. I own it on Blu-ray. I, I can watch it. <laughs> like, that's you know, I'll, I'll give it another chance. I've actually thought of doing an episode on my show about Prometheus and Alien Covenant, um, because they're interesting movies. Like, um, but I do have kind of a problem with like, oh, I feel like to me things are always scarier when you don't really explain them, and I kind of have a problem with like Ridley Scott going back and trying to like explain everything. Like, I'm like, we don't need. <laughs> everything's good, spelled out for us you, know? you should rewatch it because i feel like if you look at it as not as an alien movie like from the mm-hmm. same universe but more like a sci-fi movie i know that sounds weird and pretentious to say <laughs> it worked a lot more for me i don't know why i can't really explain it i mean i did those episodes with prometheus and alien covenant and upon rewatch i love those movies now and i think it's because i i, I finally kind of except for covenant obviously but i i finally kind of separate prometheus as like you know, like this, the Ripley alien movies to kind of like their own in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, know that's what Ridley wanted. That's true. I mean, you know, whatever he wants to do is fine. It's Ridley Scott. He can do it. <laughs> and yeah. I'll watch him again. That's the reason I kind of want to do a whole episode on those. Cause like, I don't know how I feel about those movies, but I, I, I think it'd be an interesting conversation no matter what I feel, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a weird franchise. Like, honestly, if you look at, if you consider like, Alien versus Predator, part of the franchise, and Prometheus, Alien Covenant, plus the first four. It's a really weird franchise. <laughs> like it's all over the place. It barely feels connected sometimes. It's very strange, but it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like 
I don't know. I want. I don't want to say I'm like a fan of all of them, but like I find all of them interesting in their own way. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's easily my favorite franchise um, in terms of movies. Like I, like Alien's my favorite movie, but like I could watch any of these movies all the time. And it was one of the first franchises where I di- deep dove at an early age into like the lore and like you know just like the idea of what Xenomorphs are, and then looking at H.R. Geiger's like artworks and stuff, and then. I don't know. Then it really got me to really Scott movies, you know, and, you know, watching Blade Runner and Gladiator and stuff like that was always just like a huge thing. And then, of course, I have to thank him for introducing me to like James Cameron's movies, too, you know, with Aliens. And eventually when I became a pretentious college kid, I started watching Fincher <laughs> movies thanks to Alien 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Alien Resurrection always was like that one for me. Where it was like it was always like the fun one for me, you know? Yes. Yes. Because like the first two are great, great movies. And I mean, Aliens is fun, you know, because it's action packed. But I mean, it has a lot of heart to it. So I feel like, you know, it could take a lot out of you at some point. Um, but like Alien 3, you know, it's not as I like Alien 3, but it's not as rewatchable as Resurrection. So I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Cause I don't, I didn't have any more notes really, but yeah, I mean, like I'm glad we're both, I'm glad we're both fans of it. So yeah, so you're, you're one of the few that I know that actually likes this movie, which I like, again, I wouldn't know without doing this podcast that there are people like that. So, um, thank you again, Matt, for, you know, having the same taste as me <laughs> <laughs> i'm listen i'm happy uh that someone else also is a fan of this because like for years like i liked it and like i said i didn't know for a long time that like, people like really don't like this movie and i'm like but it's fun what's wrong with you guys <laughs> like not a lot of fans of Re- i will defend resurrection all day long so um oh i do want to ask you so what is what's your favorite movie in the whole franchise oh it is 79's alien okay, like, okay. that's <laughs> my favorite it's my favorite movie of all time too oh okay uh, i didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's totally understandable. And like, it's weird because when I was younger, I was like way more pro aliens versus alien. But over time, as I got older, I'm like, oh, no, alien is like a masterpiece. Like, it's it's just so <laughs> different. It's just so different than alien. So I can like, to, mm-hmm. to me, they're both five star movies, but they're just doing very different things with kind of the same idea. <laughs> yeah. And you don't see that a lot of times with like movies of like a franchise magnitude like this, you know, where it's like two different directors and styles of movies still kind of work to coexist as a franchise, you know? Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. So, um, no alien is, is so good. It's, it's fantastic. So, but did you hear on Twitter that horror can't be set in space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I heard about that. I stayed out of it cause I know I'd get angry, you know, and I'm already an angry person when it comes to difference of opinion. I'm just kidding. One of the wildest things I've ever read on Twitter, and I've seen some wild stuff. On Twitter. I was like, that was one of those days where I think I told Ken what was going on. I was like, this is why you shouldn't be on Twitter, man. This is like, I have to read stuff like that makes no sense. I, I don't have time to pay attention to that stuff because oh. I've been still trying to champion that uh, Neil Blomkamp needs to make his alien movie, which oh is, God, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that would be such a great movie. But apparently there is a greenlit alien movie in the works right now. I forget who's directing it, um, really but it's not Neil Blomkamp, which is kind of disappointing. Okay, I thought Scott uh, Ridley Scott was still doing more. It might be Ridley Scott, or I thought he might have ended up taking a producer role, but he got to choose Maybe. who directs it. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. I mean, the Alien franchise is always something that's dormant until, you know, Ridley Scott either does it or the studio says whatever and and goes off and does whatever. I feel like they it's want. one of those things where we'll get a lot more in the future. Like they'll just start pumping them out. Like you'll put the aliens in like in a city in present day, or they put them like way in the future on some other planet, or, you know, you can do anything like with that alien. It's, it's kind of like a slasher in a way where you just drop the, 
the Xenos. Yeah, the Xenos <laughs> into like some situation and then like have well, they're owned by Disney it. now. So, That's you know, true. they'll probably go to Disney World and then the Avengers are going to come and then they're they're going to go in space and, you know, be in the Star Wars universe. It's going to be great. Well, they had you might be too young for this, too, but they had a ride. Oh, I can't even call it a ride. They had a thing at Disney in Tomorrowland called like Alien Encounter. Have you ever heard of this thing? I've never even been to any of the Disney World. What? Ones. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay, that's um, <laughs> man. Um, so at Disney World, uh, this there was a ride. I think it was called Alien Counter, and it was like you kind of get on it and like you, you just kind of sit in a seat, but you're like strapped into the seat, and there's like a big like test tube type thing in the middle of this room, and there's some scientist who's like, "Oh, we found this. We're gonna beam this alien in from another planet. Check it out." And then like they it's like the room goes dark and they're like, Oh my God, something's gone wrong. Red alert. And like this fucking terrifying alien. that's like a mix between the Xenomorph and the aliens from independence day is suddenly in this like tube in the middle of the room. And then like, they pretend the glass got broken and it's like pitch black and they're doing like blowing air on the back of your neck. And they're like shaking the seat and they're like, the aliens loose in here. Nobody move. <laughs> and like my mom took me, and my sister on this. We were like, probably like eight and five respectively, like, and like very young kids. And like, we were crying. We were like, <laughs> no one knew it was that scary. And like, they got rid of it because it was way, way too intense. And now it's a ride with Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. There's like a more kid friendly ride. <laughs> a more kid friendly alien movie. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. I just, that's, go look up videos of that on YouTube. You cannot believe this ride was actually at Disney World because it's so intense for Disney. Like, it was like very scary for little kids. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Uh, <laughs> I need another stimmy so then I can go to the Disney World and land. There you go. We all need to meet up there. All like the podcasting group needs to go to Disney together. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fun. It'd basically be all of you together and then me just annoying you with opinions. No. <laughs> and no, I probably no. wearing a Godzilla t-shirt with like Mickey Mouse ears. I'll be like the, that, like that one tourist, you know. <laughs> and then oh, I'll be man. going like, cheese, cheese. You know, like just that thing that a bunch of kids are doing these days. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like well, my I feel like my my parents are taking me then if we all go together. <laughs> there you go. And Daniel has me like a headlock telling me to behave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you and me just posing in front of like a xenomorph, you know. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just creating this hypothetical trip right now. <laughs> spitball and it's cool. Um, but uh but yeah, I don't know what else. The only thing I think of, I guess to mention is like uh, I kind of love how they get rid of the alien at the end of the movie. You know, it's a oh, little bit of a callback to the first one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a really graphic callback. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, it gets sucked in that very tiny hole, and it's like, I just love how he comes like it's just its skull at the end, and then like that. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but I kind of love it because it's so over yeah. the top. Uh, <sighs> it's a fun movie. Everyone should go back and rewatch it or watch it for the first time if you haven't seen it. I think. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it has a lot of movement moments that's going to make your like jaw drop it a, a few times. And there's a lot of points, parts in the movie where I'm also kind of like chuckling, like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, like Matt says, I definitely recommend this movie to everyone if you haven't seen it before. Um, technically, you should watch Alien 3 if you haven't before this. But at the same time, I feel like you don't have to because uh, it brings you up to speed at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's very set apart from the rest of the franchise, so you can watch right. it alone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, you know, and like it ends in a way where, you know, you don't have to watch another movie if you didn't like it after. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Matt, thanks so much, man, for hopping back on to Inside the Sequel, dude. You know, you're always welcome on this podcast. No, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back. And I'll have to think of more like underloved sequels that I really like to talk about on here. <laughs> underloved. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, but Matt, um, before we close it out, where where can people find your uh, your, your stuff at? Well, they can find uh, the Film Feast podcast anywhere you get podcasts. I'm pretty sure we're on all platforms at this point. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MattBlood87. Um, and you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, which is all one word on there. And yeah, that's basically that's basically it. <laughs> yes, and I encourage everyone. I feel like a lot of people have since that RoboCop episode. But still, if you haven't, check out Matt's stuff on Twitter. It's really great stuff. Uh, and the Film Feast, podca- Film Feast podcast is really fun as well. And you can listen to some of my thoughts as, um, on like the King Kong vs. Godzilla episode that aired on there. And uh, also check out Matt Bledsoe's Unscottable series that he's been doing. You might see some surprises there in the near future. So mm-hmm. I'll co-sign that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you like this podcast, don't forget to follow us um, on our website at InsideTheSequel.com. Uh, don't forget, we're also on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're basically on all platforms as well. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside or Sequel Pod. And then follow me at Kurtastic underscore Chris. And uh, yeah, remember everyone that's listening, if you are not a fan of the Alien movies, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>